0: With the worst surge yet of COVID-19 cases hitting Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis moves to block local school districts from requiring students to wear masks. And the big question is, can the state really do that?
1: I looked up the word extortion. I wanted to make sure that I understood the definition. And the definition is the practice of obtaining something through force of threats. This is extortion by the Department of Education. There's no two ways about it.
0: Every year, lawmakers in Florida meet in Tallahassee to propose and pass new laws, present a budget, and represent their communities in the state capitol. And in recent years, that agenda has included a targeted focus, keeping towns and cities from making too many of their own rules, rules that could end up influencing policy around the state. This is Tallahassee Takeover from WLRN News. I'm Danny Rivero. To mask or not to mask in Florida's public schools, who gets to decide that, is shaping up to be the biggest political battle in Florida this year. And that's not just a fight between Republicans and Democrats, although on some level, it is about that. It's shaping up to be a fight about the separation of powers, the rights and responsibilities of local government, And what happens when the state government tries to take over? We're joined now by Jessica Bakeman, WLRN's education reporter, and she's going to help walk us through the full story of how things got here, to the point where safety measures for children have become the biggest political battle in Florida in 2021. Jessica, thanks for coming on.
2: Thank you, Danny. The the full story is a tall order, but I will do my best.
0: So, Jessica, take us back to the roots of this battle. We're just starting the school year in Florida this year, but where does it really begin?
2: Yeah, if you go back to the beginning of last school year, there's a very similar fight that was going on. It gives us some insight into what could potentially happen here. So I'm sure everyone remembers in March of 2020 when the pandemic really hit, school districts across Florida closed, really across the country. And then during the summer... Governor Ron DeSantis and Education Commissioner Richard Corcoran said they really wanted all school districts to open in the fall. So this is the fall of 2020. And, of course, that summer we were having a summer surge. So um, some school districts were were concerned about that. And basically, uh, Corcoran mandated it. He put out an emergency order that said all school districts had to open schools five days a week for any students who wanted to attend in person. Here's Governor DeSantis back then.
3: It's often asked whether it's safe to return kids to school. should also be asked how safe it is to keep schools closed. You can bet your bottom dollar that keeping schools closed will exacerbate existing achievement gaps between demographic groups, lead to more kids dropping out of school, disproportionately impact the least economically affluent Floridians, foster more social isolation, depression, and anxiety, harm students with special needs, and deprive students of the ability to engage in sports and extracurricular activities.
2: This was... Pretty unpopular at the time, there was a lot of concern among teachers among school district leaders among parents about whether this was going to endanger the lives of children and, and, and school staff and whether there would be uh, constant school shutdowns because of outbreaks um, and actually, the state teachers Union, the Florida Education Association, did sue the governor, arguing that he and the his administration did not have the power to make that decision because The Constitution says school boards have the power to make decisions about schools in their districts. Frederick Ingram was president of the Florida Education Association at that time.
3: We cannot be guided by politics, nor can we be guided by the economy. We must keep kids alive, we must keep them healthy, and we must keep them safe. The Florida Constitution demands us to do so, and we believe that this executive order to have brick-and-mortar schools does not give us a constitutional situation where we can go back to school safely.
2: There was also a huge fight, not just about whether to open schools at all, but when to open schools, especially here in South Florida, because we were experiencing the summer surge at that time. And it really came to a head with the Broward County School Board because the state had already approved Broward's plan to open in mid-October. And then when push came to shove, the State Department of Education did force Broward and also Miami-Dade to open sooner than the school boards thought was safe by threatening to slash tens of millions of dollars from the school district budget.
0: And how did that go down in the school boards? Oh, the
2: school boards were really, really unhappy about it, of course. And I think they sort of characterized it as the culmination of a years-long assault on the power of local governments coming from the state level. This was during a school board meeting in Broward County back in October of last year, and this is school board member Patricia Good.
1: I looked up the word extortion. I wanted to make sure that I understood the definition. And the definition is the practice of obtaining something through force of threats. This is extortion by the Department of Education. There's no two ways about it. Regardless of the decision that this board makes today, do we still have the ability to challenge the state legally regarding their overstepping their constitutional authority. Because if they did it with this, they're gonna do it with something else. Even though school districts
2: kind of hemmed and hawed over whether they were going to push back, they didn't. And uh, schools did open. And, you know, at the end of the day, the worst case scenario really did not materialize. And that's not to say that that you know COVID did not affect schools at all last school year. Obviously there were hundreds of students and and teachers in most districts that did get COVID. Not to say that they got COVID at school, but of course when COVID is circulating in the community, people who are teachers and students are going to get it. But we did not have to like massively shut down schools because there was some kind of super spreader event.
0: So for Governor DeSantis it strikes me as a little bit of a gamble because Nobody had the numbers really needed to make a truly informed decision one way or the other. But you could choose to err on the side of caution and keep kids out of schools. Or you could err on the side of bringing kids back to schools because of the potential impact on education, socialization and development.
2: And most other school districts, like big school districts in most other states, erred on the side of keeping kids out of schools. Florida was one of the one of only a few states in the country where schools were open open all of last school year.
0: And DeSantis really ends up making his decision based on the potential downsides of keeping kids out of school. And in the end, like you said, the worst case scenario that a lot of people said was going to happen, it didn't didn't actually materialize. It didn't happen. So it it really kind of boils down to how I see it, like a gamble that the governor took that he was going to come out on the right side of this. And it looks like he might have at that point in time. After the fact, did we learn anything from other states about the potential downsides of actually not letting any kids go back to school?
2: It's maybe too soon to know exactly what's going to happen. However, we've done some reporting where we've talked to education economists who predict that ineffective virtual learning, which virtual learning is ineffective for a lot of students, um, could... Affect not only like the country's GDP over a lifetime or a, a generation or more, but also could affect individual students' trajectories in terms of like whether they're able to earn as much money as they were going to earn. You know, I mean, um, having a disruption of this magnitude to your education really at any point can derail you and make it so that you're able to be a lot less successful than you thought you were going to be. And so, I don't know that we'll know the answer to that until years to come, but it could be. It could be that students in Florida end up doing better than students in a lot of these other places because they had the option to go to school.
0: And Governor DeSantis has taken that idea that Florida didn't go down that route to really start positioning himself as a leader on this kind of stuff, saying, you know, you could blindly do whatever the CDC and and big government in these Democratic states did and just do what they tell you or you could follow my lead And we'll go our own route and everything is going to be just fine. And then he's even kind of made it into an unofficial campaign slogan for his re-election campaign of Don't Fauci My Florida, referring, of course, to Anthony Fauci, the top infectious disease expert for President Trump and President Biden. And over the summer, we have a brief moment where it feels like life might get back to normal. And... So as local school districts are preparing for this school year that just started now, they're actually planning and looking forward to, Okay, we're going to kind of go back to normal. We might not have mask mandates now. You're going to have fewer virtual options.
2: Then, of course, in the middle of the summer, things just really start to go south fast in Florida throughout the state, not just Down here in South Florida, like last year's summer surge, you know, now we're seeing it all over the state. And unfortunately, at this point, we can say that things are worse than they have ever been before. We're starting to see cases in children climb. And now school districts have no idea what they're going to do just days away from the beginning of the new school year.
0: And that's really the opposite of what happened last school year. Because when there was all this debate about whether kids had the option of going to school in person or not the number of serious COVID cases among children was actually pretty low.
2: Right. And it is still low, although we're seeing, you know, that worsen with the Delta variant. Part of that is just because the Delta variant is so much more contagious. It's spreading so much faster that, of course, you're going to end up with more children getting sick. But now we are having this alarming situation where pediatric ICUs are filling up.
0: And how does the DeSantis administration respond to this rapidly changing situation do they at any point acknowledge that what they were planning for might need to be tossed out the window because the situation on the ground has completely changed not
2: really not really the desantis administration moves forward with virtually the same plans that they had when we thought you know things were going to be better so and so normal or quote unquote normal The DeSantis administration does not want any mandatory masking happening in schools. So DeSantis and, again, Education Commissioner Richard Corcoran announced that they will be banning any mask mandates from local school districts. Essentially, if a parent doesn't want their child to wear a mask, they don't have to. So here we are about to begin another school year and about to deal with another mandate coming down from DeSantis. Here he is announcing it.
3: Last year, you know, we let them make these policies because, quite frankly, I just wanted the kids in school. Yeah. You know, I just, we needed to get them in. I didn't think the masks were going to be effective for, for K through 12. But you know what? I was like, you guys, you guys have a tough job. There was a lot of people that didn't want the kids in school, all that. And I knew it would, I knew it would be good because I saw the data from other parts of the world. Uh, and it was. Uh, but now we're in a situation where we really do need to make sure that the parents' rights are protected. Um, and those parents have to come. So.
0: And this is happening in a situation where COVID cases among children are increasing. They're getting more severe. And it's also in a circumstance where children under 12 are not yet eligible for any COVID-19 vaccines, which really blocks a whole avenue of protection for these young children.
2: Exactly. And that's what a lot of school board members were saying in pushing back against the governor's position, is that if students under 12 can't be vaccinated, the only tool they have to protect themselves essentially are masks. And the governor wants to take that tool away. So... Local school boards, one by one, and then more and more as time goes on, decide they're going to challenge the governor on this. They're going to say, no, we're going to mandate masks anyway and kind of call his bluff and see if he's going to do all the things he said he was going to do, including threatening to remove these public officials from office, take away their pay slash funding to the school district, and school boards did not respond uh, well to these threats. This is Patricia Good, a school board member in Broward County, speaking at a school board meeting this summer as, you know, the board was trying to decide
1: whether they were going to move forward with this fight. I'm not surprised and I feel very disappointed and actually quite angry that the governor would continue to utilize his dictatorship style of leadership to override local school boards when they disagree with his viewpoints. And believe me, I know what a dictatorship feels like. His actions are overreaching and they put the safety of our students and staff at a risk at a time when COVID is rapidly spreading across our state and certainly in Broward County. Board member Patricia
2: Good was born in Cuba, so that's what she was alluding to there about dictatorships. So while school boards are saying this should be their decision, DeSantis is saying it should be parents' decision. And he's basing that on a law that the legislature passed in 2021, it's called the Parents' Bill of Rights, and it said that parents have the power to make education and healthcare decisions for their children. So DeSantis is saying whether to wear a mask is a healthcare decision. It should be up to parents. So basically, last year, parents had the option of sending their kids to in-person classes or not, and now they have the option of sending their kids to school in masks or not.
0: According to Governor DeSantis.
2: Right. Until some of the school boards said, no, we're going to mandate masks anyway.
0: And it becomes pretty clear in late July, early August that a lot of this is politics, right? It's local versus state versus federal politics. But it is clearly about politics on some level.
2: Absolutely. And something that school board members have been really frustrated about is that Voters elected them. Voters elected them to make these decisions on their behalf, to represent them. And yet the governor is stepping in and taking that power away, even in areas where a mask mandate is really popular and parents are begging for it. So this is Rosalind Osgood. She's chair of the Broward County School Board. And this is what she's saying about, you know, how Governor DeSantis has
4: been approaching this situation. God giveth and DeSantis taketh away. I believe strongly that masks provide safety for everyone. I believe that with my whole being. I am a representative elected to represent District five, which is a predominantly black district. Black people have been disproportionately impacted by COVID throughout this entire ordeal. So I'm deeply disturbed and being threatened by the governor, trying to uphold an oath of office and trying to protect and serve the people that elected me with their votes. Which, by the way, that's all eliminated now. I mean, we was talking about voter suppression. Now the power of the voters in Broward County is totally being eliminated and ignored because they elected local school board members to represent them and make decisions about their schools.
0: And President Biden sees this infighting going on between local officials and local school boards in Florida and Governor DeSantis as the governor of Florida. And Biden actually enters into the fray and starts communicating with some local school district officials and saying, I got your back. I will back you up. And it becomes this very public political spat between the president and possibly someone who might run against him in 2024, who's- Governor DeSantis.
1: The intimidation and the threats we're seeing across the country are wrong. They're unacceptable. And I've said before, this isn't about politics. It's about keeping our children safe. It's about taking on the virus together, united. I've made it clear that I'll stand with those who are trying to do the right thing. If you aren't going to fight COVID-19, least get out of the way of everyone else who's trying.
3: We can either have a free society or we can have a biomedical security state. And I can tell you, Florida, we're a free state. People are gonna be free to choose to make their own decisions about themselves, about their families, about their kids' education, and about putting food on the table. And Joe Biden suggests that if you don't do lockdown policies, then you should, quote, get out of the way. But let me tell you this. If you're coming after the rights of parents in Florida, I'm standing in your way. I'm not going to let you get away with it.
0: While all this fighting was going on, I actually went to a protest outside the Miami-Dade school board building as they were deciding whether to defy Governor DeSantis and have a mask mandate for the largest school district in the state. And it was a very intense scene. There was a lot of passion on both sides. Uh, I did talk to one parent, Maileen Villalonga, who was strongly against the mask mandate.
1: We're not against anybody. We are against control. We are against mandates. Everything that's obligatory. We want parents to have a choice. To choose whatever they want to do, because it's not the CDC who decides. It's not Fauci. It's not anybody. It's the parents. We are the ones who gave birth to these children. We are the ones that care about these children. It's not them. Of of of-
0: the school district did decide to call Governor DeSantis's bluff and issue the mask mandate in violation of the governor and his executive order, and etc., and for a lot of people, it was a huge relief. Uh, it was just after this vote when I talked to Aton and Ad Greenberg. Uh, Aton goes to Palmetto High School, which is actually where I went to high school, and Ad is a Palmetto Elementary School student.
1: I find it very important that the district has an ask me a date because they're proven to protect us, and there's really not much question about it. So, thankfully, they did that, and I feel much more confident about going to school now than I did before. No
4: vaccinated because I'm not eligible. I'm 11
0: and I feel a lot more confident about going to school with my friends who are also really nervous. And now that it passed, I feel really happy and I'm not scared about school anymore.
2: Marta Perez is on the school board in Miami-Dade, and here's how she explained her decision to vote for a mask mandate.
1: We are in a very, very difficult position, this board, because we are... On the one hand, wanting in every way to be pleasing to our governor. But on the other hand, we are listening to our medical experts on the field here in Miami-Dade. And it is too high a risk. The stakes are too high for us not to do everything that we can to ensure the safety of our children.
2: So when Miami-Dade decided to pass a mask mandate, at that point Broward and Alachua were the only school districts in the state who were really pushing back and they had been on the hot seat during this really intense state board of education meeting, but once Miami-Dade did it, then Palm Beach did it, then Hillsborough, then Duval, and we're seeing more and more smaller counties, even Republican counties that are saying we opened schools and immediately we had to quarantine hundreds or thousands of students because of all the cases. Like the only way we're going to be able to get through this school year is with mask mandates. And so, you know, now I, can, I feel like um, the more school districts join the fight, you know, strengthen numbers. It starts to feel more like they could win because they're all banding together. And at this point. The school districts that have decided to implement mask mandates represent more than a million students in Florida. And Florida has about three million students.
0: With all these growing numbers, including, you mentioned, Republican counties, Sarasota, Indian River joining along, it really starts to take on the feel of a revolt. This is local governments revolting against the state government.
1: And
2: I have to say, it's really, really fun to watch. Like, this isn't a fun situation, of course, but you and I have been reporting on this tension between state and local governments for for years now. And so often it's like, yeah, this the local government probably has a pretty good argument that the state is overstepping their authority, but in order to win, they have to fight. They have to go to court. They have to spend money. They have to alienate the governor and potentially accept all of these consequences that could come from that decision. And over and over, they just decided it wasn't worth it. So we've never really gotten to see this actually go to court and find out what's going to happen until now.
0: And Jessica, to back up for a second, does the governor and the state government actually have the right and the power to do the things that they're trying to do, which is, say, we're going to cut your your salaries, we're going to cut the budgets for the school districts, we're going to remove someone from office, we're going to demand from Tallahassee what you're doing in a local school district. Do they actually have that right?
2: There's a really compelling argument on both sides of that question. And both arguments go back to the Constitution. The state constitution says school boards are elected officials that have the power to control, operate, and supervise the schools in their districts. The state constitution also says that the state has the power of oversight and that it's the state's job to enforce the laws to make sure that school districts Follow the laws. And so in the state's argument, this executive order from DeSantis banning mask mandates and then these regulations that came down after from the Department of Health and the Department of Education, they're saying that's law and school districts aren't following it. And so they have to enforce the the law. And that's a question that has been in front of a judge and probably will be in front of a judge for some time now because there will be appeals and there are a handful of lawsuits. There's not just one. But Judge John Cooper, who heard this case in Leon County Circuit Court, it's a statewide case from parents all over the state who are saying we have to have mask mandates in order to keep our children safe. One of their arguments is that the state has overstepped its authority into the constitutional realm of school board members. And even Judge Cooper, who's been working on cases like this for a really long time, says he's not really sure who has the power.
1: The intermix between local school
2: districts and the legislature has always been interesting to me because it's never been clear to me where the dividing line is between the
1: school boards ability to control and the legislature passing laws.
2: So Judge Cooper ruled on this case, and he sided with the parents who wanted to have mask mandates in schools. He did rule that the state government was overstepping their authority in this case. However, I don't think he really answered the big legal question that we're really interested in, which is who has the power here, school boards or the state? this ruling is more narrowly focused on this one issue rather than being some large precedent that could be applied otherwise. That being said, this ruling will definitely get appealed, and also there are other cases pending. So the answer to the question that we really want to get, we might get it from a court, just we don't have it yet.
0: And how long has a fight like this been bubbling up between school boards, school districts, and the state government?
2: This fight is a really long time in the making. Education historians in Florida might tell me that it goes back longer than this, but I would definitely argue that it goes back at least to Jeb Bush, Republican Governor Jeb Bush, who was governor in the early 2000s. His big thing was the A-plus plan, which was grading schools, and it really boils down to the fact that his plan gave the state the power to grade schools and their performance, and if they weren't doing well, the state could step in. And there have been other battles more recently about charter schools and school vouchers, but it really all comes back down to the state taking power away from school board members. School board members used to be able to really control the schools in their districts, and now they have a lot less of an ability to do that because the legislature keeps taking it away from them. And so they've wanted to fight, but this was finally a fight that local school districts decided was worth having.
0: Jessica Bakeman covers education for WLRN. Jessica, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Danny. After we recorded this conversation, the Florida Department of Education announced that it would still move forward with slashing funding to several school districts for imposing mask mandates on children. Even after Judge John Cooper ruled it was unconstitutional for the state to do that. That's not typically how the system of checks and balances is supposed to work. But Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody cited a state rule that she says blocks that court order from going into effect until or unless a decision comes from an appeals court. The lawsuits are ongoing. Tallahassee Takeover is a production of WLRN News. This episode was reported and produced by Jessica Baikman and me, Danny Rivero. It's edited by Lance Dixon and Alicia Zuckerman. Our engineer for this episode was Braden Wiggins. We'll see you next time.